Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Our number two on a Saturday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack, live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. All right, we're going to rock it out onto the hardwood. Busy week in the NBA. Free agency kicked in, first of all, with legal tampering, which is the dumbest sports oxymoron on the face of the planet, but I digress. Uh, as far as I know, so far, none of the deals have fallen through. Oh, but that might not be the case. Not because uh, uh, someone changed their mind, but the NBA is investigating a couple of things that came down in free agency this week. We're going to cover all of that in addition to talking about Team USA's gold medal win with uh, one of our faves. He covers the NBA for CBSSports.com. James Herbert, good enough to hop on with us here on CBS Sports Radio. How's your summer going, James? It's going well. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Uh, let's start with Team USA. Um, did not look great in the scrimmages they had in uh, Vegas prior to flying out to Tokyo. And I'll be honest, I was a little worried that they were going to come up short. And I thought it would be an embarrassment we hadn't seen in a good uh, 17 years, not winning a gold medal. Well, they got it together when they got over to Japan. Uh, Kevin Durant was stone cold phenomenal, and I was just giving a ton of credit to uh, Drew Holiday for the kind of mm. last few months he's had going for him. What kind of an effect does a gold medal win have on the players who are on a gold medal winning USA team? Yeah, I think it validates the decision to do this, right? Because especially this year, like this is different than a typical Olympic experience. They don't get to go and watch all the other athletes and all the other sports. They don't get to bring their families like this is after what for most of these guys was a really long season for some of them, a long playoff run for three of them. It was right after the finals ended um, and to go and say, we're going to do this, you know, make money playing for your national team. Um, I, I think it is something that was like not an easy decision for some of the people who decided to do it. It was not an easy decision probably for some of the guys who passed on the opportunity, but to be able to come together like that and actually triumph over adversity. I mean, you mentioned that, you weren't sure if they were going to pull this off. I, I, I think that is kind of what makes this a special deal, right? Is like True. they had actual basketball problems to solve this time. Um, they got to go and kind of avenge some the losses that they had earlier on. I mean, they they lost to this same team um, earlier. They lost the first game they played in the Olympics, and I I, I think you saw them improve uh, in their time together. You saw them kind of figure things out, define roles a little bit better. Um, and you saw the roster like get stronger too, right? I mean, I don't know how well you expect 
um, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday to like function and how everybody else is supposed to deal with them just showing up um, when they haven't been with the team through their exhibition games. They land there right um, when the first game is happening. I thought Holiday actually the entire time was awesome, like even in that first yep. game. Um, but it made sense that it took like a little bit for Devin Booker to get his sea leg under him and that kind of deal. I thought Booker was great. Um, I, I thought there were a number of standouts. It wasn't just Durant. Durant, obviously, like he was incredible. He was the best player uh, in the Olympics. I think the only person who was really close was Luca. Um, but I, I thought they got got a lot out of a lot of different guys on that team. Uh, you mentioned one group I wanted to ask you about. And those were the guys who decided to pass. Two guys come to mind more than anything else. That's LeBron James and uh, Steph Curry. And I know neither one of those guys are in their 20s anymore, but they're still uh, top-flight NBA superstar talent who are going to cash $40 million checks for still playing at their quote-unquote advanced age this upcoming season. How much do they owe the guys who won the gold medals? Because if we had lost the gold medal, uh, both Steph and LeBron would be answering more questions about how badly do you feel that you aren't on Team USA this year? Yeah, I, I'm sure they're they're happy for the guys that participate, and they're grateful that they were able to pull it off. Um, I don't know that I'd frame it necessarily as like they owe them, um, but I'm sure it was somewhat of a relief that it was like, all right, they got the job done. Um, but, you know, I think... You know, it's a complicated decision for anybody, um, let alone guys who, I mean, look, like what LeBron James has been through and just like health-wise in the past year, uh, it, it has been quite a lot. Um, Stephen Curry, um, the past few years have been kind of, you know, an up and down sort of experience for him. He wants to get in as good a shape as he can possibly be for his upcoming season. I think like he just celebrated his like 10-year anniversary, I think like two or three days ago, and he would have been you know in tokyo um without his family i i don't know that his calculus would have necessarily been different if he was able to bring his family with him but i think that at least factored into his decision to pass i mean like i said like th- this was a different kind of deal for all of these olympic athletes and i don't think it was necessarily the same like simple calculation that's been in years past so like the way i look at it anyway is just like i am more liable to just say like good for the guys that showed up rather than like oh man like if they had lost if they even if they had failed to medal i don't think i'd be sitting here saying like well steph must feel terrible i just think like he, he might have just because he might put that responsibility on himself but I, if he did like i i wouldn't say that he should okay that's the, that's a diff that's the difference between you and me you're a nice guy i'm a pain in you know what and oh yeah <laughs> i would have held it against both steph curry and lebron james for not playing so yes i think they all owe cocktails to kevin durant and drew howard and the like so uh but that's me all right uh, let's uh, flip it over to free agency uh, give me what you understand i think details are kind of sketchy at this time nba opening up an investigation about tampering on Chicago's acquisition of Lonzo Ball and Miami on the sign-and-trade with Kyle Lowry going for Toronto down to the heat. Uh, what does this entail? Do you think the NBA has got a chance to actually find enough to overturn these deals? We are dealing with a league who one time said, yeah, Chris Paul, you can't go to the Lakers. So it's not like it's never happened that a transaction has been transcended, has uh, been uh, negated after the fact you think there's a possibility of that happening here? I don't think either one of them would be a sin. I mean, that the, the Chris Paul thing you're referring to, that's a very different situation. That wasn't to do with a tampering investigation. That was when David Stern was essentially like, act, like he was the acting owner 
of the team um, in New Orleans at the time, and he kind of went back and vetoed that that deal. Um, he never approved it in the first place, um, and he would have had to because um, the league owned the team. And that, that's just like a circumstance, circumstance that we have not seen duplicated since then. I would compare this more to uh, last summer. It wasn't even the summer, but last offseason um, when the Milwaukee Bucks ended up getting punished after a, a tampering investigation about – a supposed sign and trade agreement that they had with the Sacramento Kings where Bogdan Bogdanovich was supposed to be traded to Milwaukee. And like reportedly, like the players involved were all kind of told about the deal. There were some players, I think on the Bucks side that had already started to look into like, you know, real estate in Sacramento and where, where they're going to live and the like, and free agency hadn't even started. And it, this was reported as, as a done deal before, um, not just before the moratorium ended, but before teams were even supposed to be able to negotiate with free agents. Um, and because of that, um, it ended up being that the Bucks were, they, they had a second round pick taken away. I believe the, the league said the fact that they didn't end up actually consummating that deal, the fact that Bogdanovich ended up going to Atlanta, that factored into um, what the punishment was in the end. I don't know if that means that if they find evidence of tampering this time these teams will lose more than just a second round pick or how that will work i think it's always sort of a fuzzy thing like when every year when free agency begins and all of a sudden it's you know 6 p.m or in the old a few years ago um before they made this into like a tv special it would start at 1201 a.m and immediately like all of these deals are reported as being complete like all right well use your brain it takes more than 30 seconds for an agent and a team or or in some cases multiple teams if if we're talking about time trades to work out a new multi-year contract involving millions of dollars like these machinations are in place um ready to be announced right away because these things are being negotiated leading up to this sometimes i think things get a little bit too far and they or they just get a little bit too public and then Teams get antsy, and the league doesn't like that kind of getting out there. And in defense of the league looking into this, because I think a lot of people just laugh and say this is ridiculous, there's tampering everywhere, what makes this special? I say in defense of them, um, the league kind of, like the teams agreed to this stuff. Um, A couple of years ago, uh, the league changed the rules. They are now allowed to go and look through executives' cell phone records and text messages and all of that stuff. And the team has kind of signed off on the fact that they were going to give away some of their privacy because they wanted a more quote unquote fair system. So now, now we get these sort of things and we'll see if the league turns up anything. I I think in this case, um, it's not quite as obvious as what happened uh, with the Bucks and Kings because there was no, reported actual sign and trade agreement in either case, but there were strong reports that both of these things were likely um, leading up to free agency. And I I think a lot of people had an idea that something would have to go seriously wrong for Alonzo Ball to not end up on the Bulls and for Kyle Lowry to not end up in Miami um, leading up to free agency beginning. And I think there were some teams that didn't like that and specifically teams that thought, well, if the Bucks caught help with this last year, then, then why shouldn't these teams end up punished for it as well? Somebody's a whistleblower, and that may come to the forefront, too. But we shall right. see. James, James Herbert, our buddy from CBSSports.com, NBA Insider, our guest. All right. Uh, assuming the Lowry deal is allowed to stand, 
And maybe they pay a draft pick price or pay a fine or something. But the trade is not negated. Um, do you like what Miami's done this offseason? They, they've certainly, yeah. after being to an NBA final and then coming up short in the playoff this year, they've reacted and have aggressively made some changes, do you think, for the better? Yes, absolutely. I, I think they needed to. I think you sort of saw in their first-round series against Milwaukee, like it was not the same team um, that made it to the finals in the bubble, obviously. They, they really missed... Jay Crowder, I, I think just even, you know, his defensive versatility was huge, but I, I thought the spacing that he brought was big. They missed that. I thought just offensively they needed a little bit more pop um, than they had, and I think Kyle Lowry's an absolutely perfect fit with their culture and with their team, with how everything works there. He's just going to make them more dynamic. He, he is a much better, you know, defender than any of the guys that they've had playing point guard for them in recent years, unless you count Jimmy as a point guard and sort of functions that way on offense a lot of the time but you know I, I think there's a reason that he and Jimmy wanted to play together it's not just because they're close friends like they are stylistically um, quite similar I think they both do so many little things in addition to being able to put up numbers they're both quite unselfish they can sometimes have games where they dominate where they're scoring like 17 18 points and maybe taking 12 or 13 shots or even less than that and I just think that is an awesome fit. Um, I, I like some of the other stuff they did in, in, in the off season as well, even like little stuff. Like they got Victor Oladipo to come back um, on a minimum contract. And this is a guy who they might get absolutely nothing out of him. Like I don't know. They acquired him at the deadline, and it was considered like a kind of like just a flyer. They'll they'll see how it goes. And we only get to see him play for like five games. Um, but the the fact that they got him to come back on the minimum. They got to put like basically like no investment in him. Like if he is able to be anything like he used to be, he doesn't have to be an all NBA player like he was in, in 2018, but just like a good functional role player, guard multiple positions. You can, you know, make things happen off the bounce and get into the paint, and kick out to guys for threes like that. That's like, that's just like found money right there. So, you know, I, I look at, the other stuff they did, and, and it just looks like a pretty complete team to me. I did not expect P.J. Tucker to leave the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm kind of stunned uh, the Bucks let him go after just winning a championship. It's not like letting him go allowed them to have any more flexibility in any way. Like That, that was purely just a money-saving move and not money on the salary cap, just money out of their owner's pockets. And they let him go, and Miami, I think, was like very happy to scoop him up. That's a switchable guy who can stand in the corner and make threes. He can, you know, grab offensive rebounds like we saw him doing in the finals. And he's not like a perfect analog to like what Jay Crowder did for them, but it's similar, right? So you slide him in, you slide Lowry in. Maybe they'll get something out of Oladipo. I don't know. Um, they bring back Dwayne Dedman. They get Marquise Morris, who can get some spot minutes there as a small ball five, maybe play some four for them as well. I, I, I really love um, their like sort of targeted acquisitions here because I think they fit into what the Heat already do, and then they fill a couple of holes that they had. All right, speaking of targeted acquisitions, can you explain the Lakers to me? Because huh. talk about turning over your roster. They did a pretty damn good job of that. Uh, what happened this year after winning the championship, uh, they said, all right, we got to go basically from scratch. We put our three superstars aside and then uh, go forward from there after they, of course, acquire Russell Westbrook uh, for their big three. 
basically they turned over the entire rest of the roster, a lot of them on veteran minimum one-year deals. That's what you have to do when you have no cap room whatsoever. And they got some big names to jump aboard. But I don't know about fit. How is how is this going to work this year, or is it just a compilation of pieces that LeBron is going to try and figure out on the fly as he both plays and coaches this team on the floor? Yeah, it, it's sort of like when you put it all in perspective, um, the two guys who were in the rotation at the end of their final game against the Heat a couple of years ago, they're still on the team, were LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like Dwight Howard is back now. But he didn't play meaningful minutes at the end of that series. He's out of the rotation. Everybody else who's on the court is gone. Uh, the two guys who were coming back from last year's roster, besides LeBron and AD, are Taylor Horton Tucker and Mark Gasol. Um, and they've they've added a bunch of guys um, that I think make Westbrook make more sense in Los Angeles, if that makes sense. But like by getting Westbrook, they have fundamentally changed the way that they play. I mean, this is not a roster that is as tilted toward defense as it has been in the last two years. I mean, this was a dominant defensive team from the day that Anthony Davis and Frank Vogel got there. Um, And they are actually not that great offensively the year they won the championship. They improved throughout the playoffs. They got a ton done in transition, all of that. Um, But then even, you know, last year they were the best defensive team in the league in the regular season, despite everything, despite all of those injuries, all the stuff that happened, that, that was their identity. They have a different identity now. We're going to have to see how it works. And then I think like you can kind of connect the dots as to how this happened is they got Russell Westbrook and you saw what Houston did to unlock Russell Westbrook because they decided they were not going to have a traditional center on the court. They were just going to surround him with as much shooting and spacing as possible. Um, and the Lakers, I mean, it's, it's not identical to that. They have traditional centers uh, on this roster. They brought back, Dwight Howard. Um, I imagine Marcus All is probably going to still start at the five. He is a sort of traditional defensive center, not a switchy guy. Uh, he can space the floor a little bit. But if you look at all the signings, like all, all of these names, like Baysmore to Malik Monk to Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, these are all guys that can spot up and shoot. And I think that's what you do when you make this big investment in Russell Westbrook and you're wondering how this is going to work. Uh, this is a team that has spacing issues for the last couple of years, and they just exacerbated them by getting Westbrook, who now has to function in an environment that he's not really used to in being the third best player on the team. Um, so you try to surround him with as many shooters as possible, and you hope that it works. And I think their sort of formula that they're betting on is that their offense will be better than it has been, even if their defense has been a little bit worse throughout the regular season. And then in the playoffs, when it's really winning times, they do what they were going to do anyway, which is you go AD at the five, LeBron at the four, and you figure everything out around them. All right. I got uh, one other specific team that I want to ask you about, and that's the Knicks. Um, actually became relevant again this year. Probably a misleading fourth place in the Eastern Conference. It's kind of weird Eastern Conference with the three teams, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers kind of separating themselves. And the Knicks finished at the top of the next pile. Turned around and got bounced by the team that they finished in a tie with in the first round, which is not good. But uh, they did finish fourth in the East. And they decided to kind of keep the band together again. They bring back Derrick Rose. They bring back Nolan Well. They bring back Reggie Bullock. Uh, or they add Reggie Bullock. Oh, no, Bullock goes to Dallas. Uh, they bring back yeah. Alice Burke, excuse me. And they all contributed and helped the Knicks become relevant again. And I tip my hat to all three of them. Did they have to give them all three-year deals? 
Did Derek well, Re- Rose really earn a three-year deal? Did Alec Burks really it, earn a three-year deal? Uh, I don't under Nerlens Noel three years, thirty-two million dollars. That's the one thing I don't get. Is this just a hey? We hadn't made the playoffs in a decade, so damn it, we're going to overpay you guys. Please explain that to me. Well, I would say a couple of things. I would say that was what a lot of us were thinking, like a few hours into free agency. Um, but it's since been reported, like those deals all have team options on the last year. So this actually isn't that different from what the Knicks have done the last couple of summers, where they have signed guys to you know two-year deals or really one-year deals or three-year deals that are really two-year deals, and like that 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 is what we have seen here. And then the other difference that has happened is like they have just basically stumbled into Kemba Walker at an incredible discount. Um, and then they have extended Julius Randle at a price that sounds kind of high because it's over $100 million, um, but is much, much lower as in, like, if he gets the most he could possibly make, if like, theoretically, if he had played out this year, become a free agent, re-signed with the Knicks next summer, um, he could have made $100 million more. Um, right. So he essentially gave them a discount um, in terms of like, I will commit to you guys right now. I want to be here. Uh, you guys brought me in. You believed in me. I played the best house of my career here. Blah, blah, blah. I want to sign up for this. Um, and then Kemba Walker gave them essentially a hometown discount because he's not really losing money because he got the buyout from OKC and now he gets to pick wherever he goes. And he looks at, you know, I mean, if I'm Kemba Walker and I'm looking around the league and my options, like, Look at what Derrick Rose was able to do in this offense last year. Like, this is a team that needed somebody like him, I think, um, that needed more playmaking punch, more scoring. This is a team that hasn't had a point guard that can, like, you know, just straight up hit a pull-up three off the dribble running pick and roll in, like, years. Uh, I can't remember the last time they had somebody who would be able to do that consistently. And, like, all of a sudden, Kemba Walker's your starting point guard instead of Alfred Payton, Derrick Rose – he remains one of the best backups in the league. I and mean, as a six man of the year candidate last year, like I think your guard rotation looks pretty good. Fournier to me is an upgrade over Reggie Bullock. Offensively, he is a downgrade defensively, just like Kemba is a downgrade defensively from what they were rocking with last year. But I think you accept that. I mean, what we saw in the playoffs from New York is like, yes, this is a tough team. This is an organized team. This is a disciplined team really good on defense that will win you a lot of regular season games. But when it comes down to it, like you need firepower and they just did not have nearly enough of that. They didn't have nearly as much as Atlanta did in that series. And I think they have more firepower now in Walker and in Fournier. And then all the guys they brought back, like they are useful contributors on a pretty good team. We saw that that's basically what they project to be again. But I think what they also are is they're mid-sized contracts. They're not bad contracts. They're, okay contracts that can be aggregated in a trade for a star. And if, if you're thinking about what the Knicks long-term plan probably is like that is that to me has always been their deal. They want to get in on the next disgruntled star. So they need guys like an Alec Berkshire and Nerlens Noel along with, of course, like if you are trading a, a superstar player, you're going to be asking for RJ Barrett. You're going to be asking for maybe Obi Toppin, depending on what we see from this year but you can't just have rookie salaries you need other guys that can make those deals work so um i think there were dual purposes for for that kind of thing like you want to bring those guys back because they played well you also want to bring those guys back because you might want to trade them one day 
True. It does. Uh, if they're not terrible, if they're okay, they might not live up to penny for penny the contract they get. But if they are contributing something, they do become tradable chips. All right. Last thing for you. Um, there had to be one signing that when you first read it, heard it, saw about, saw it, you said, "Wait a minute. W- what are those numbers again?" Either because you thought it was tremendously an overpayment or a tremendously uh, bargain deal. Maybe you're going to tell me Kemba Walker again, which I already said. So I'll say, other than Kemba Walker, was there a deal that you saw and you had to double-check, you had to read it twice because you didn't believe what you were reading? Well, I'm going to bring up one that's sort of like I had to double-take a couple of times because I did a double-take when I saw Andre Drummond was going for, to Philadelphia. And then I did a double take when I saw kind of the reaction, which was like, this is a joke. Ha ha ha. This is ridiculous. This is embarrassing. What are you doing? And I'm thinking like, they got him at the minimum, man. Like they got Andre Drummond to be Joel Embiid's backup. And like, yeah, it's kind of funny because they had a rivalry and Embiid destroyed him like basically every time that they face each other and then made fun of him on the internet. But like now Andre Drummond gets to do that against like second string centers and he'll play like 15 minutes a game. If that he'll start when Embiid misses a few games here and there, but I thought I was like a perfectly fine deal, like kind of a bargain. And that it was just one of these things where like a player who was okay, um, who for, you know, years was on a maximum contract and like was clearly not living up to that. And then found himself in this weird situation in Los Angeles where he was taking away minutes from guys who other people thought should be playing over him. Like he ends up like people think he's just bad. And, like, he is not bad. And he's, in fact, like, going to be one of the best backup centers in the league next year, I think. And that was a deal that I just don't think has really been discussed properly or maybe hasn't been discussed much at all because people are still just, if the Sixers come up, it's just when is Ben Simmons going to get traded? But I think regardless <laughs> of what happened with Simmons, like, they just got um, a, a pretty talented guy um, to go play backup center for Joel Embiid. And I think you told me, like, you know, at the beginning of last year, say before all the Lakers stuff happened, when Andre Drummond just came out for the Cavs and the Cavs were like briefly, I don't know if you remember, like for like a week, it was like, what's going on in Cleveland? Their, their defense is awesome. Like Drummond was playing awesome then. And like now he's going to be a backup going against backup centers. And I think in that role, like he, he'll like, he should be really good at it. And uh, if Joel Embiid says it's okay, then I say it's okay. If Embiid signs off on it because, yeah, he attacked the guy pretty good on social media, then, yeah, I think he's a uh, – for a, for a veteran minimum contract, he's got to be the uh, top backup center in the NBA. James, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Always do. Thank you much. And next time I come, I get you on, I will absolutely ask you about it. Why the hell is Ben Simmons still a 76er? I promise I will. <laughs> we will get that the next time I get you on. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. James Herbert from uh, CBSSports.com, NBA Insider, with us. There were some pre-agent signings that just boggled my mind. He's got a better grasp on it than I do. That's why we have him on. If you want to tell me about one that perplexed you, I'll talk NBA with you. We can get back into the Olympic stuff. Team USA up 16 uh, about five minutes ago in the third quarter. Uh, Japan is hung tough. I give them credit for hanging tough. Uh, the, you can just tell by watching this game. There's These the teams are on two different levels, talent-wise. But Japan's putting up a fight. They're not going to win. The U.S. is going to take down another goal, but they are putting up a little bit of a fight. Um, plenty of football talk. Season gets underway for all 32 teams this week with preseason. Pick and choose what you want to hit me up with. 855-212-4227. Mac Man going to the phones next here on CBS Sports Radio.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.